airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And our brother Richard is over at Studio CC. He's like, stop. <laughs> Just stop. All right. <laughs> look. I, I Look, okay? I have a lot to say, all right? <laughs> and, and, and it's important to me that you hear it. Um, and so what it seems like it's turned into is that the phones just go wide open on Friday. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that it's going to always be that way. All right. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to always be that way. Um, but it might, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can do. Like, okay. And I'm, I'm trying to, we have stuff to I know, say too. I know, <laughs> I know. And, and look, and, and it matters so much to me. Okay. It really, really does. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a slight to you. I mean, you guys see, you it's know, Mika Will mode. has to jump in. It's, it's Mika, Mika mode. mode. <laughs> Will has to jump in with the duct tape. He's like, excuse me, dear. <laughs> and then he makes his comments. You know what I'm saying? And so anyways, uh, no, that's that, that's all joking and fun. Um, we've been discussing what I feel like is so critical to the the church right now. You know, these are things that we cannot ignore. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I will admit I have I have kind of blown through that last few minutes where we open the phone lines it's not because I don't want to hear from the listeners it's because I get going and and I just want to I want to get all the information out to you like I, I want you to hear all of the <laughs> <laughs> if you're if look okay if your own husband is not buying it there's no hope for you okay there's just no other place that you can go if your oh, husband boy is yawning while you talk and, you know, <laughs> thinking about what he had for lunch, then it's over. It's hey, over. You can I'm hang it up that. and you can you can go home. Um, <laughs> anyways, this is Aaron the Addisons. Yes, it is. On American Family Radio. And um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Richard is over in Studio CC. He's I'm just there. trying to reset. I don't know if people, <laughs> all, if you knew that I said all of this already, I'm just trying to reset so that we can have a better show. Okay. Um, all this week, we talked about lawlessness and the conditioning and the expected conformity that's supposed to be happening among mm. like followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and man, I try to make a distinction here. We talk about the culture and then we talk about the church. Remember that the church is not supposed to be reflecting the culture mm. like the church is not supposed to be living like the culture. There's supposed to be a difference. I mean, we are planted in the midst of any culture to be changes, right? Like we're supposed to be salt and light. So there's supposed to be a cultural transformation that happens as a result of the church being planted wherever it's planted. But as she was saying, what we have been doing is taking a look at the culture and taking a look at how uh, the culture is just trying to press in on not only just the world, but on the believer. And so we have to stand up against that. We see the things happening with the Black Lives Matter and, you know, and other things that's going on, the chaos that's happening across our land. 
And the question is going to be, how will the church respond? How will the church respond in the midst of all of this? And so I, I would say, and I think Mickey would say as well, as we talk about these things, we have to make sure that we have a biblical uh, a, a, a perspective about how we respond to everything that's happening in the culture. Because right now, this void is void of truth. And you see a lot of chaos happening because people are running away from the truth. They don't want to hear what the word of God says. And so the thing is, like Mickey said yesterday, and we was talking about that the last frontier, the last frontier is the church. The, the final frontier is the church. All this is, is uh, drawing up to a silencing, a silencing of the Christians. And so because we have the words that are convicting, we have the Bible that's con- that convicts men of sin. We have the Bible that's active and living. It's sharpened into any two-edged sword. And so we have to make sure that when we fight and when we war, we're warring with the word of God. And so this show is, in, is all in efforts to help the body of Christ to be equipped for the battle that we face in the culture because, man, it's raging. I don't know if you have noticed, but it's raging. And so we have to be be ready. Now, what we see uh, happening with Black Lives Matter, we, man, we talked about this type of stuff in 2015. We talked about it a, a while back, and it has reared its head again. I was telling Miki one time, I think it was like a, a week ago, that it's, it's, it's like Satan. The Bible says that the devil, he left uh, after tempting Jesus and came and, want, and he left for a more opportune time. So he came back at a more opportune time. It's like the BLM movement, it, it came out, it made a little splash, but then it seemed like it kind of died off. But now that we have all this unrest going on, all these different situations happening, it seems like they've, they've come back for a more opportune time. And it seems like the atmosphere is just right for them to, to uh, cause chaos and to and the church has even begun to bow down to it. We see corporations, we see big businesses, all these uh, different entities are now bowing down to this BLM. When you say that, Mickey? No, I agree with you 110 percent. Like, I, I think you're spot on. And these are the kinds of things that we talk about on a regular basis. I just want to say for future reference, you don't have to drop my mic. To, get, to make your point, you don't have to disconnect me and then hey, say, "Oh, I, I think we lost Mika. I don't know what happened. Her her connection went bad, guys." But some of the listeners gone, told me to do that. It was like, "Let's yeah, they, just go ahead and drop that mic. We, we want to hear what you got to say, Will." They said, "Will, don't you control the levers? I mean, let her keep silent on the air." Uh, what? No, I'm sorry, that's not the scripture. Um. Anyway, no. no, I don't know what happened. I could hear you. I could hear you, and I was responding to you, but you couldn't hear me. So oh, anyway, really? I guess we got it We got it all worked out. Um, but the question that we want to ask today is where does it all lead? You know, mm-hmm. if, we don't, if we don't heed the warnings, if we don't take note of the direction that the culture is trying to pull the church, drag the church, where does it all lead? And, and here's what I want to present. Um, well, you sent me this column. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, a Here few days ago. And... Uh, <laughs> This one is a thick one, okay, y'all. This one, this one is one that um, we're gonna take our time with. Mm-hmm. But I, if if I could, if I could paint a picture mm-hmm. of where I think what is happening in our culture ultimately wants to take the church, this would be it. Mm. But this is real. This is I'm. This is not me making this up as a way to illustrate my point. This is actually really a column that appeared on July fifth in um 
the AME Church mag- Magazine, or I, I want to say the Church Magazine, right? Like th- that yeah. for this denomination. Yes. Okay. So that's the African Methodist Episcopal denomination, the the AME Church, um, and the title of this this column is the Speck and the Log, uh, liberating the AME Church. And I want you to listen very carefully because precisely, mm-hmm. precisely as we've been pointing out all this week, there are starting points in our culture, mm-hmm. right? But the starting points are not the expected end. The end is something totally different from the starting point. And it's amazing. Actually, you know, this is actually really this is like lightning fast for me to actually see something like this when this is this is what we're warning the church about. OK, so this column is written by a man named uh, John Thomas, the third, who is the editor of this, the the AME magazine. Yes. And um, and I, I read this and it's just really kind of mind boggling to um to to think about what actually is happening in real time, right? Right, right. So I can't read all of this to you, but I'm going to read significant pieces of this editorial because I think it's it makes the point perfectly, okay? It makes the point perfectly. And so, Will, if we have any te- technical difficulties where it drops out, just let me know because okay. I, I don't want our listeners to miss any of this content. Okay. So here we go. Um, reading again from The Speck and the Log, this column written for the AME Church, Um. And uh, John Thomas III writes this. He's the editor, by the way, of this magazine that that circulates and goes out to all of the the churches that are affiliated with this particular denomination. At this moment, he writes, the black church, which right there again. (laughs) okay, Yes. All right. So at this moment, the black church is faced with unique opportunities and challenges. Historically, it has been at the forefront of advocating for the liberation of the black community rooted in our understanding of the Christian Bible and gospel according to Jesus Christ. Yet there are internal struggles that mar the clarion call for justice to roll down like waters. We must remember when Jesus asked the question, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Matthew 7, 3. In a theological statement from the black church on Juneteenth, over 400 black faith leaders, including members of the AME church, signed a public statement calling for the black church to take account of itself during this historical moment. I'm jumping down here. It is no secret that the black church has been imperfect in its approximation of this moral claim. Self-reflexively, black church commitments to the patriarchy, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia, class fragmentation, and Christian triumphalism indicate moral failure and a stronghold of anti-blackness in our own communities that compels us to despise ourselves and our mirror image in the world. Now, oh man, if (laughs) if you miss that, what this man is saying is that adopting Christian principles has caused us really to victimize ourselves because we have victimized other people. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So in, in the quote-unquote black church's attempt to adhere to, um, I would say, biblical authority, that's how I would describe it, right. um, the church got caught up in patriarchy, misogyny. I just want you to hear it again. 
homophobia, transphobia, and queerphobia, class fragmentation, Christian triumphalism. In other words, the black church, though Christian by definition, found itself oppressing itself because of adopting what I think is also described as white superiority. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in the course of adopting this, and we call it, we call it Christian faithfulness, Mm -hmm. what we have really done is we have oppressed ourselves. Okay, now, guys, I hope at this moment you hear the summary of our entire week's shows. Right. In fact, our entire last two weeks of shows have been have been predicated on this idea like this being able to see and to discern by the spirit of God that when we adopt these secular philosophies, right? That's why we say by the scriptures alone. Mm-hmm. The scriptures are sufficient for us. That's one. Number 2, when we align ourselves with organizations that are antithetical to the gospel, namely Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And they have stated goals like they have not even hidden this from us. Not at all. They are going, they are headed to now for strength of numbers. Say that again cuz we they are, lost you. Okay, so they are headed to an end. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. They are headed to an end. They have these stated goals. And they are using Christians for strength of numbers that later they will turn around and eat the Christians. <laughs> the Christians will serve them no purpose, okay? I want you to understand that this column, this editorial, is what we end up with. But look at, it's not down the line. Mm-hmm. This is right now, right and I'm now. not even done. Yeah. Because you're going to see that this writer, this editor, makes the case for the church aligning with Black Lives Matter. But in order to do that, this editor recognizes that the church has also got to put down a lot of its exclusivity. Mm. So we've got to carve out space for those that are celebrated Mm -hmm. within the BLM movement. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is exactly the warning that we've been issuing. We'll grab the break. We'll pick right back up with this column when we get back because I think it makes the case probably better than than anything else could. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and there's Jim Stones with Rapture. Man, this is exactly where this is exactly where I suspect that all of this leads. And and I mean, if you read the scriptures and you look at how easy it is for people to fall away, you look at the warning against the savage wolves, you look at the hmm. warnings against, you know, being in the world but not of the world, and all of these things. And so the church has been battling uh, for th- two thousand years on all sides. There's a battle from within. There's a battle from without the church. I say this all the time and it's just true. The church has never existed in safety. The Mm -hmm. church has never existed in safety. Even when there was seeming safety, 
when it appeared that there was safety, then there were internal conflicts, right? right? Over sound doctrine, over theology, okay? (laughs) Over what is fundamental to the faith. So the gospel itself, the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ has never existed in safety. Why? Because (laughs) the enemy of the church Mm -hmm. has never given up. Nope. And so even today, as we see what is happening in our country right now, the, the, the last sort of foundation here that remains intact, that stands between like the wicked <laughs> and the people of God mm-hmm. is the church. Mm-hmm. Now, back to I, I just in case you're just joining us, we're talking about the AME church and we're talking about this uh, this editorial that was um, in their July 5th church um, magazine. July 5th, Mm -hmm. um, where the editor of this AME magazine, John Thomas III, Mm -hmm. is making the connection between an allegiance to Black Lives Matter and what other things the church needs to do. (laughs) Now, please understand that Black Lives Matter founders said that you cannot separate who they are and what they intend to do from what they're doing out publicly. All right. So you can't say black lives matter and separate it from its agenda to normalize homosexuality, Mm. to put trans and queer men and women, according to their own stated goals, out front so that they can lead to upset the Western prescription for family. Actually, as they say, dismantle it. Right. You they themselves said you can't separate the movement from those goals and objectives. So anyone seeking to use this this phrase Black Lives Matter and then be pious and come behind and try to qualify it. You can't do it. They're saying, no, we are an organization. We look, we we own this. We have trademarked this phrase. It is ours. That's the move. That's why there is the move for people to just say it. Just say that Black Lives Matter. And I, it's I, not about the sentiment. Just to give perspective, too, because, you know, people may think well, the AME church is the African Methodist um, Episcopal Church. Episcopal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. The membership is like two million five hundred thousand uh, people. It's not the largest black denomination, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. big, you know, uh, denomination. I'll just yes. put it like that. Yeah. Yes, and and I'm going to tell you, and and the reason we're discussing this is because it's it is right now the perfect example of what we're warning against. Mm-hmm. And and let me also say this. This is not something that will be unique to the quote unquote black church. Mm -hmm. So when you've got leadership in any denomination calling for allies, let's just say, are saying that we can use critical race theory as some sort of tool or framework to add. It's like, oh, it's it's another testament. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is where we end up, guys. This is this. So I, I want and I'm so glad that you made that point. Because it's not about this denomination per se. Well, basically, this is a problem that's, that spans across all denominations. And when Miki made the mention of certain denominations using critical race theory and things like that as a tool, um, basically, that's what the Southern Baptist is doing. And so we know that that's a big, big denomination. And... This stuff is like like the Apostle Paul talked about false teaching uh, spreading like gangrene. And that's exactly what this stuff is doing. It's spreading like like gangrene or like a cancer. 
And so to be highlighted within the church and for churches to be accepting uh, this stuff is really, really egregious. And I think it's something that we need to uh, make sure that we're looking at. And so we have the AME Church. Like I said, that's one denomination with two million uh, people, not only in the United States, but in other, other countries as well, that have, have an editor of their publication who's printing stuff like this. Again, he said over 400 uh, black faith leaders, including members of the AME Church, signed a, a public statement calling for the black church to take account of itself during this historical moment. They asserted in accordance with one with the spirit of the times, we, the undersigned black pastors and black theologians representing over 400 black churches in the United States of America, one for every year of, of our righteous discontent, finally and most passionately contend alongside our secular sisters and brothers in the struggle that black lives matter. It is no secret that the black church has been imperfect in its approximation of this moral claim. So you have this denomination standing and say, hey, we're joining in the mantra. <laughs> black lives matter, you mm-hmm. know, and and not only them, they say we also sign. And it's, and it's funny that the, the wording of this, it says sign a public statement calling for the black church to take a, account of itself during this historical moment. They say they asserted in accordance with the spirit of the times. Mm hmm. With the spirit of the times, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that's not a, a mm-hmm. dead giveaway, you right. know. And so, as the as a church, are you supposed to be going with the spirit of the times? Come on, come on. You know, the, I would say the spirit of this age, right? And and they're asserting that Black Lives Matter, and we already broke down, like you said, Mickey. You know, mm-hmm. um, what Black Lives Matter really stand for. So they're joining yes. in as a Christian denomination and saying we're linking arms with this uh, organization, basically, and saying that we agree mm-hmm. that Black Lives Matter in the way that they're saying it, even though they may say, no, we're not saying all of that. But that's what they're doing. And the root of it is we have to use this phrase. We have to use this term because it is the term that's popular right now. Mm-hmm. And we realize that in order to adopt it, We've got to reconcile all of its intent, Mm. all of its purpose, all of its stated aims, goals and objectives. And so we've got to funnel that into the church. Back to this editorial. Uh, This man says he writes in this moment where the fight for black liberation is at the forefront (laughs) of the national and global conscience. What about liberation within the AME church? Mm. The church of Allen was birthed to protest the sin of racism But that act does not absolve us from the need to reckon with our internal faults for our prophetic voice to cry out clearly. We must address our issues with LGBTQ acceptance (laughs) and patriarchy. Let me read Mm. that line to you again. For our prophetic voice to cry out clearly. We must address our issues with LGBTQ acceptance and patriarchy. Listen to me very, very carefully here. What this man is saying is that we cannot speak out on the sanctity or the dignity of human life mm-hmm. in particular, let's say the life of those with more melanin, in our culture, mm-hmm. if we don't address the fact, now watch this, and I, I this is gonna you have to do a mind shift with me here. 
if we don't address the fact that we have stuck to the scriptures on human sexuality. <laughs> wow. You see that? Wow. We have to deal with the fact that we've that been it's biblical. Really, we've been biblical. <laughs> so we can't say black lives matter unless there is a clean break from the authority of scriptures. Do you see that? Yeah. There must be a clear break from the authority of scripture for us to be able to say black lives matter. That's why we said we're over it. That's <laughs> why you can, you take your name and all that it means and you use it among yourselves, but it's not welcomed here. Right. It's not going to be right. used here. Listen to this. The man continues. Over the last 16 years, concerns regarding the open acceptance of the LGBTQ community in the AME church have become increasingly To be clear, the existence of LGBTQ members who participate in all levels of life of the AME church and enrich our ministry through their tangible and spiritual gifts is a fact. In other words, Man. what he's saying is we have used homosexuals in our midst and y'all should be ashamed they have been active among us but we have not acknowledged and, and validated them and and he makes that point he underscores that point yeah he says at the core of our culture however is the belief that the only relationships to be publicly celebrated are heterosexual when it comes to our lgbtq members don't ask don't tell is the norm. See, that's a problem. He writes the harmful duality of embracing all the talents of an LGBTQ member, yet not allowing them to openly acknowledge mm -hmm. their, their sexuality is a situation that increasingly harms the public witness of the AME church. <sighs> Look, this is, Go ahead. Now I was going to say, I agree that you shouldn't be using people for their talents, knowing where they stand as far as, you know, their walk. Like if, if mm -hmm. there are elders and pastors using a person for their talents and giftings, where well, they can sing, they can lead a choir, they can do this and do that, you know, and turning a blind eye to like the homosexuality or the fornication or the adultery, you're wrong. And mm -hmm. you should not mm -hmm. be doing that. Mm -hmm. You should not be doing that. This, this is this is where um, church discipline comes in. And this is where we are woefully um, unfamiliar. And, 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 I, and I would say cowardly as it pertains to church discipline. Who is supposed to be operating in our midst? Who is supposed to be um, in positions of leadership? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, who are those that fit? the description of with such a one don't even eat. Hmm. You see, these are the things that we have kind of, you know, we've picked and we've chosen what we will apply and what we won't apply. Right. And so then you get to a place where now what you're doing is justifying rebellion against God's word to the fullest extent because you failed to keep it in part. You failed to <laughs> keep it in part. And so now you're justifying rebellion against right. the word of God to the fullest extent. There's been no church discipline. Mm. There's been no adherence to the word of God. So we say now we've got to deal with our seeming hypocrisy, which it is. 
It, it actually, it is a hypocrisy. Right. It is. To say that you will allow someone to play the keyboard or to lead worship in your church whose life does not align with the scriptures. But the answer but is not, just, not, you know, let's throw out the scriptures and, and, and now let's say, let's recognize them as being, you know, homosexual and a part of our, you know, denomination correct. or whatever. That's not the answer. The answer is correct. to correct the problem that there should be church discipline. That's right. That's right. The answer is clean it up. Right. Clean it up. It's it's like not saying, well, I spilled a little bit of ketchup on the table. May as well add more and spread it out. You understand what I'm saying? No. The, the answer to that, the remedy to that, the <laughs> fix to that is that you clean it up. But listen, this man says all that we need to know and understand in this editorial. Like He really does not leave you confused about oh, where he thinks the church has to go not, not at all. in order to be relevant in a discussion on quote unquote race in America. Let me just pick up with more from, from this editorial. He says, he says, as articulated by its founders, gonna, here we go guys, quote them. <laughs> as articulated <laughs> by its founders, uh-huh. The BLM movement is a specific space that values all black people and repudiates discrimination against sexuality. They announce, quote, we are guided by the fact that all black lives matter, regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs immigration status or location we foster a queer affirming network he is quoting here from the black lives matter website i'll continue as he quotes them when we gather we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless she he or they (laughs) disclose otherwise man Let me continue with him. The specific acceptance and embrace of the black LGBTQ community by the BLM movement were lost upon many of the black clergy who in 2014 proudly used the slogan after the riots in Ferguson without fully acknowledging its inclusive framework. (laughs) In turn, the BLM founders publicly repudiated black clergy, uh, black clergy, mostly men, and their failure to acknowledge and embrace all black lives. In other words, in other words, don't use our slogan if you won't take all of it. Hmm. All right, we're going to grab the break. I know we're having just so many technical uh, issues here. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Just stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Path of Revelation with Fear Nothing. 
All right, well, I don't know what to do. We've got a lot of technical issues going on here, and I'm not sure how to make sure that we continue to get the information out. Well, let's press forward. And, uh, I think we have a delay, but let's press forward. I'm, I'm, I'm open. Okay, all right. So the point that we're ultimately making, the question for today's topic is, where does it lead? If we uh, give in to the lawlessness, if we give in to the conditioning, if we give in to the conformity, that's the question. Where does this all ultimately lead? Mm-hmm. And I think the perfect example of where this ultimately goes is this editorial that um, came from the AME Church saying that if we are to have any type of prophetic witness in the culture, that it's got to be that we adopt the full goals and objectives. If, if we say that, according to this AME article or this AME column, if we say that Black Lives Matter, then we've got to adopt all of their planks. We've got to adopt all of their position. And I think that this is precisely the point that we were making, precisely what we've been talking about all week long. And so the warning, I'll just say this, um, the warning is that the church does not adopt this terminology. That's the warning. The warning is that the church is not held hostage, is not, does not become a victim or a casualty of the culture. Rather, we stand for Jesus Christ. And so that's ultimately the point that I'm making. Well, I don't know if you want to add anything to that or not. No, the, the thing I would add, add to that as we read this column. Now, number one, I was talking to someone who's a member of the AME church. And the position that this guy holds is a pretty powerful position as far as having the pen, being able to write things. And the person I talked to have, has wrote some articles before that, uh, you know, some that pertain pertaining to stuff like life issues and being pro-life that have never saw, uh, seen the light of day, you know. But these type of issue uh, issues go out there, you know, what, what he's writing. And so the thing is, in this particular denomination, that's he has a powerful position and he's spouting off these these things. And it sounds like when he's writing, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it's coming from someone who's a Christian. I'll just, you know, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but right. it, it sounds like something that's right. coming from someone who is secular minded or maybe even homosexual themselves. But and mm-hmm. I'm not saying he is. But when you when you listen to it and some of the things that he's spouting off, man, it's, it's almost like they're trying to make more concessions for sin within their denomination. And that's sad. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know how you pull back from this. And, and I think. This is one of the the great dangers that is the history of the church in America. And we don't and we don't like to talk about this, Will, because it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But at the moment in our nation's history that we did something that had not been done in the history of the church, that is to split the church over culture, yeah. to split the church over ethnicity. We did something that became deeply rooted in the church that is difficult for us to eradicate. And so. Now what has to happen is that, well, what should have always been the case is that there should have been a turning to the word of God as a straight edge. How do we correct this? How do we fix it? And there wasn't any of that. Um, I go back to this, and and we've talked about this on the show before. Mm -hmm. In the early church, um, some of the things that upset the Romans and upset Roman culture was that within the church, they were seen as levelers. That you could have those who were considered the nobles and the slaves existing together, working together. But even in the context of the church, you could have slaves who were bishops who were overseeing the church. And the Romans just thought, man, you guys are upsetting social order. That's not how we do things around here. But the church's declaration was, well, that's how we do things around here. Hmm. 
That's how things happen here. We understand what it is that Jesus Christ has done. Right. And so listen, you fast forward and we have the church in America. Notice I'm saying the church in America because the church predates the United States of America. Hmm. I just, I, we Come have on. to understand that Amen. the United States of America did not have the right to redefine the church. Right. No, right. you, you can establish a nation, right? You can have founding documents, but the church was already founded and established. That's right. You can't redefine that. But we did that in this country. And the spiritual implications of that have been dire. And guys, it's painful for us to talk about. We have to in, in order for us to get on the right track. We have to go back to the word of God. It's not that we continue amending it. It's not that we continue making all of these, you know, well, you know, based on this and based on this cultural norm and based on this philosophical discussion, this is what we're now going to do. Mm -hmm. No, what we are now going to do must be what we always should have done. Yeah. yeah. Which is the same thing they did in Acts chapter 15 with the Jerusalem Council. It's the same thing that Paul did in Galatians by opposing Peter to his face. No, we're we're not splitting the church over <laughs> culture right. and over ethnicity. Right. We're not compromising the gospel. So if the AME church really wants to respond in this moment, if, 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 if they are compelled to say, hey, there are injustices that we must deal with, then the way that you do that is not choosing to shirk the gospel or to, to abandon the scriptures in an attempt to use a hashtag. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because the thing is, you know, what, what they're uh, aligning themselves with is anti-biblical like they should be teaching their um, congregations and their members hey this is what this movement is all about open you op opening their eyes of the people that's a part of their, their denomination to say like we're going to stay clear from this and we believe that there are injustices and we're not but we're not going this route because mm -hmm. look at what they stand for they should have been going like this article should have been one where he went on the website because it seemed like he went there and he's yes, and he's yes. quoting, but he he should have taken out how they want to destroy families, you know. He should have taken out how they want to to um, to make things you know upside down basically. And so he went and he quoted from and this website, but he didn't quote the right things to help the people in the congregations to be upgirded, you know, undergirded, and 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 know what they're dealing with. And so this is a huge a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And and I, I got to tell you, it really saddens me, you know, as I was reading this um, just a few days ago when you sent it and thinking about how, <clears throat> excuse me, this is like this is the example of where the church ultimately goes. One of the things I want to stress again, we alluded to this before we went to the last break, I think it's so important for people to recognize that this has nothing to do with the quote unquote. And I hate to say it this way. I, I wish that we hadn't done this in the United States of America, guys. But it has nothing to do with the color of the church. Right. Do you understand that Jesus's church doesn't have a color? That's right. That's right. I'm going to say that again. Jesus's church does not have a color. And I hate that we have been conditioned to see the Lord's church in those terms. Right. To see the Lord's church that way. Jesus's church does not have a color. It doesn't have a cultural requirement. Right. And let me and let me and let me actually let me be very clear on that. If there is a cultural requirement, 
It is the culture that Christ gives to the church. Amen. It is to now be identified with Christ in his suffering and to live for his glory. Whatever is in your culture Mm -hmm. that is not offensive to Christ gets to come with you. Exactly. But the doors of the church also serve as a filter that those things that are offensive or an affront to the cross, Mm -hmm. they have to stay outside. I don't care what your culture is. Right, right. I don't care what it what it was once like for you that was celebrated in your midst. When you come to Christ, if those things are abhorrent to God, they have to stay outside. There is no one who exists now or has ever existed who is big enough to take that away as the standard. Hmm. To say, no, you can bring that sin in. Right. You can bring this sin in. That's not how it works. This can characterize your meeting. Why? Because we like us. Hmm. We we like us. As a matter of fact, you see the opposite. You, you so see, I'm sorry. I don't. We were once like this. You were once this. You know, yes. that stuff is not brought Amen. in. You know, at one time you were like this, but now you've been redeemed. So, you know, we see quite the opposite. You know, it, it is is to me, it's it's quite scary that you have uh, increasingly large denominations. That we're no longer talking about the fringe of congregations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're no longer talking about, um, you know, affiliations, if you will, that can be easily dismissed and, and you say, well, that's just a, a, a small fringe over there. No, we see that this is increasing and it's spreading, as you suggested in the first segment, like gangrene. Like this, right. this is something that will not just stop on its own. There, there, It must be removed. It right. has to be removed. It has to be exposed. Right. And again, it has nothing to do with, with the color, <laughs> man, with the color of the church. Right. It has everything to do with faithfulness to scripture. You know, I, I, I had um, last year as we were talking about what is upsetting the church and the split down color lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how this is enjoying a resurgence in the church and, and a brother in the Lord whose skin is, is lighter than mine said, you guys don't have these problems in your church. And I, you know, we we have a good good enough relationship where I'm I'm able to respond, you know, sort of jokingly, but mm-hmm. matter of factly, and it's not, you know, and so, and and I said no because we make much of Christ. Amen. No, we make much of Christ. Mm-hmm. And will you have said this so many many times that when you diminish Christ or when you make less of Christ, then you make much of everything else. That's right. And that's what we see happening in the church right now. There are so many other things that are being exalted above Jesus Christ that now there are divisions and there are factions. <laughs> right. But what unites the church once and for all is the finished work of Jesus Christ. If we don't have any place or any space in our gatherings to make much of Jesus Christ, then you have chaos. You have divisions. You have yep. partiality. You have factions. Yep. You have, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. Right, right. And then, you know, and then the questions have to be, well, who, who, who are these people? Right. Jesus Christ is of, of greatest importance. And so here, this is the example. This is, this is, this is the information right here. Mm-hmm. The perfect example of where we go when we reject the scriptures. We say the scriptures are not enough. We say the gospel is not enough and we find that we have to adopt a hashtag, but we've already been warned that if you adopt this hashtag, if you use this terminology, then you've got to be affiliated with all of the goals and objectives. Yeah. 
We've yep. already been warned. Yep. And so what does the AME church say by way of this column here? We're in. We're in. We're contrite. We're sorry that we have not done enough for LGBTQ plus in our midst, that we've used their talents and their abilities, but we have not acknowledged them. Basically, we have not given them full, quote unquote, citizenship in the church. And we're going to make that right. Why? Because we need to be able to say Black Lives Matter. Man. We, we need to be able to be affiliated with <sighs> these reparations that are being batted about the conversation today in our culture. And in order for us to properly and effectively be affiliated with this hashtag. And guess what? And let me just tell you something. If you think that this is, oh, it's only in the churches where there's greater melanin content. Oh, no. <laughs> you're wrong. Right. It looks differently because the type of like spiritual oppression that manifests is different. But this is not just happening in quote unquote black churches. Not at all. This is happening in white churches. There are members of congregations who are reaching out to us, who are messaging us and saying, I don't know what I should do because it seems my pastor is woke. <laughs> Man, it's sad. And these, these people are not more melanated people. Right. I don't know what I should do. My church is adopting Bible studies and teaching things that I have not seen in the scriptures before. I don't know if I should stay here. Do I leave? <laughs> and and let me let me just also tell you that answer is not as easy as some people may think. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are like, well, just leave. But there are some people. God has planted you there to stand on the truth. And that's his love and his mercy mm. and his grace for the other members of that church. That's right. That's right. That's why it's not always easy. The answer, do I stay or do I go? It's not always easy because there are some of us that we have been planted in places mm -hmm. that the Lord wants us to lift up a standard right where we are and say, no, this is wrong and I'm not leaving. I'm not taking my ball and going home. Can you imagine what would have happened if Athanasius said, well, we just ignore Arius. Mm. We just, you know, this will all fizzle out. <laughs> we might be confused about who Christ is. No, this is the moment in the church. Guys, this, this is the time that you have been training for. That's right. This is the time that you're equipped for. You, you can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the time that this is, you know, not to sound cliche, but this is the moment that you were warned about. It's the moment that you've been waiting for. You didn't know what it was going to look like, but here we are. This is it. This is where we are. We're here. We're here. We're here. Yep. For over a decade, we've been saying things at the American Family Association, and this is coming up the pike. Here's what's coming down the line. I say over a decade, my involvement. But here we are. We're no longer saying what's coming, what's on the horizon, on the horizon. This is what it looks like to be here. That's right. All right. That's it for today. Tomorrow we'll open the phone lines way up. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will be back with you then. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.